Welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to pickleball improvement. Hope you're having a great week. And uh, this week's podcast is going to cover a couple of topics that I think you'll find very interesting. The first topic we're going to talk about has to do with something that arises when you're playing, particularly in rec and open play. And it has to do with poaching the ball, right? Players uh, hitting another player's ball. And I put that in quotes because there are times when poaching is perfectly appropriate. And we're going to talk about that as well. But we're going to talk about how you deal with it when you have someone who maybe undervalues you as a player, um, you know, and, and I'm going to suggest that's wrong to do no matter what. So I wasn't going to say rightly or wrongly. It's wrongly to undervalue as a player, but we're going to talk about how that can happen and talk to you about how to avoid that being you undervaluing somebody else and also what you do when you're undervalued. So we're going to look at it both ways. And then in the riff, we're going to talk about distractions. There are plenty of distractions out there. We're going to focus specifically on distractions having to do with calls and scores and things like that that are you know, not totally outside your control, but they're something that should not occupy a large part of your mind as you're playing pickleball, and they're distracting you, causing you to make more mistakes than you should probably be making. So if you're ready, let's get ourselves some pickleball therapy. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a little more serious about your pickleball game than the average bear. When you're looking to improve your game, it sometimes can be difficult to know who to turn to or who to trust. Well, you know you can always trust me, Tony Roy, and CJ Johnson. We are two pickleball professionals dedicated to helping you become the best pickleball player you can be. Let's keep working at it together. All right, so I got to read you a comment that was shared with us inside the Pickleball System Facebook group. This comment is what spurred the the podcast main topic today about dealing with poaching, but more importantly, dealing with, you know, partner relations. So the, uh, the, the post was shared by one of our uh, students, one of our members, her name's Carol. She gave us permission to share it and to share her name. So Carol says to us, this is what she wrote. I'm going to just read it straight up. I participated in CJ and Tony's recent miniseries, completed the workbooks, and then compared them to those of the miniseries a year ago. My answers were much different thanks to my first year inside the pickleball system. I have renewed my subscription and I'm excited to continue this journey with CJ and Tony and all of you. You help keep me grounded, inspired, and informed. First of all, Carol, thank you very much for being part of the system and I'm glad the system has helped you grow as a pickleball player. It is is awesome to see how the answers change a year later. The questions are the same, right? You remember? But the answers are different. Uh, And it's not that the answers have changed, it's that you have changed as a player. So congratulations on doing that. All right, so taking a, I'm going to continue. Taking a breath before serving is the best. I discovered recently that I do it before my partner and opponent serve as well, and I'm ready. So that's an awesome, awesome tip from the Athletic Pillar. If you know us at the Pickleball System and CJ and I in our teachings, we focus on the three pillars of Pickleball. That Athletic Pillar, folks, cannot be overstated. It's important. So if your brain is foggy when you're playing, as we're going to talk about today in the riff, you are simply not going to be able to perform your best out on the court. All right, so here's, here's the, the last part of Carol's post and what spurred today's uh, podcast topic. Just to share an experience, I had a mental setback yesterday in all levels rec play. I was partnered for one game with a young man of a much higher level whom I had not played with or against since, quote, outdoor, quote, last summer. I greeted him with a friendly hello, and he barely grinned. Then he told me, you know they're going to target you, and took his place on the court. I never had a chance to respond to him. He doesn't know the player I am this year. He proceeded to jump in front of me for most balls crossing to our side. After the fifth or sixth time, 
a ball came through the middle. I could have reached it, but left it, as did my partner, who looked at me in wonder. I told him that I thought he would have that one too. Love that response. That's my comment. Petty response. I know, but he really set me off. I've played with and against our opponents many times. They didn't target me. I never missed a serve. I never missed a return. I learned something every game. Now that I've shared in the therapy group, I think I can let it go. Thanks for your year. Happy days on the court. Carol, thank you very much for sharing your, your journey with us and sharing this story with us. I think it's important as pickleball players to be able to see what you know, other players are experiencing, right? To know that we're not alone when these things occur to us on the court. And I want to offer my, um, hopefully a little more than two cents, maybe three cents, my three cents on this uh, topic and give you some perspective uh, on how to, uh, A, look at poaching because poaching is not by itself a bad thing. So we'll talk about poaching for a minute. And then I want to talk to you about it from both sides. I'm going to talk about it. We're going to call it the tale of WD-40. You'll understand in a second. And then we'll talk about a tale of caution, right? When you're the player like this young player who was, um, you know, basically undervaluing Carol, uh, judging a book by its cover, so to speak. All right. So first let's talk about poaching. So poaching in and of itself is not a bad thing. That means you poach, they poach, anybody, your partner poach. I mean, in other words, poaching in and of itself is not a bad thing. The way to think about every shot that you hit in pickleball, and this is a really good thing to take away with you, not just from this particular analysis, but just in general. The question you want to ask yourself when you're playing pickleball as a team sport, because you're playing doubles mostly, is, is that the best shot for my team? Right? The, the, the question is, what is the best shot for my team? If that's the best shot for my team, that's what I want the shot. That's the shot that I want to be hit. Whether you hit it or whether your partner hits it doesn't matter. What matters is it's the best shot for your team. That same question, by the way, will answer things like forehand in the middle and things like that, that question, that framing. So poaching, again, is not a bad thing if it results in the best chances for your team. Okay. Now, let me, let me relate a, a personal situation that happens when I go out to open play. And, um, and it'll explain the, this idea that only the better players should hit those balls because that's not uh, correct. So what happens is um, I am a strong proponent of and a strong, I, and I do it myself, I'm a practitioner of covering the middle. And covering the middle is particularly relevant in the, when the third shot is being hit by your opponents, the serve team. So you're on the return side and the, the player at the, the non-volley zone should take the majority of the third shots that are coming through the middle. I'll tell you a funny story in a second about that that ringer that just came through. Uh, so the the player on the uh, on the uh, uh, up at the non volley zone should take the third shot. Meaning it, it looks like a poach, right? Because you're basically taking the third shot, or the, you're hitting the fourth shot, the third shot coming across. But the um, the reason you're doing it is because your partner is in transition, right? Your partner's still moving up. Now, normally when I'm in open play, I will be if I'm not the highest rated player there, I'm certainly in the top couple of highest rated players in the open plays that I'm talking about. And so what will happen is I'll take that ball and my partner will something say something like, oh, yeah, because you're, you know, you're the better player. And I, and I have to tell them, I'm like, no, that's not, the, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not taking your balls because I'm better than you. And, in fact, what I do is I tell my partner, I said, when I'm the returner and moving forward, you do the exact same thing I just did. You take the fourth shot. Even if, if I could technically hit it because I'm, you know, it, it is coming towards me. If you can hit it, hit it, right? What's the operating principle there? What's the guiding principle, I should say, there? What's the best shot for my team? 
And the best shot for my team there on the four shot is going to be for the player over the non-body zone to take that ball. So that's an example of me poaching and my partner poaching to, to, to give the best opportunity to our team. Because what happens is by covering that middle ball in that situation, it allows the returner to get up protected. It acts like a shield, basically. So you shield your, your partner and let them come up, let them come up. Now, let's address this particular situation, which was a little bit different than that. Here you have a situation where you have one player, the, the young man, who has made a decision about the other player, Carol, and decided that uh, he is going to basically play singles on the court. That is not generally speaking, is not going to lead to the best results for the team. And as a member of that team, the younger male player should also be interested in performing the best. In other words, in doing the best for his team as he's playing. And taking every single ball or, or just doing every effort to take every single ball is not going to be the best for your team. We actually did a video um, at the Into Pickle channel. I think it's uh, probably about a month, month and a half old. Uh, that talks of, that shows uh, Ben and his brother Colin, uh, the Johns brothers, the best team in pickleball by a mile. But the they could be they could be the best team by like three miles is what we contend. If Ben would still be Ben, but l allow Colin to take a few more of the shots that Ben is taking. Uh, when the offensive opportunity doesn't present itself. So that's an example of Ben maybe overplaying a little bit, and that's what we talk about in the video. But in this case, what you have is you have a, the younger player overplaying, right? Uh, it sounds like taking too many balls, and in, in, in fact, uh, resulting in errors because you have Carol in a situation where she's frozen, right? She's not even going to, like, she's not ready to hit the ball because he's supposed to hit it. So why is she even getting ready, you know, once it happens over and over again? And so let me, let me suggest to you two things that you can do there. I think the way Carol handled it is perfectly fine. Uh, you know, if he's going to take every ball uh, there and doesn't doesn't take one and looks at her and yeah, thought you were going to take it, it's perfectly fine. But the, the the best I can tell you is there's a uh, a product that everybody's familiar with called WD40. It actually stands for water displacement. It's not technically not like an oil in the sense of like a lubricating oil, even though you lose it that, use it that way. But anyway, it's water displacement. So think about that when you're playing, you know, having kind of that water displacement on you or that rain X on you, that letting things like that roll off your back. Um, you know, it's not going to be pleasant, perhaps, to play that game. You ultimately have the option always with your agency to simply not play. You know, if you have a player that makes you feel particularly um, uncomfortable, whether it's, you know, disrespecting you or uh, the way they speak or whatever, you just simply opt not to play. You pick up your paddle and you move it on to another uh, another stack of paddles. I don't really, I've never understood the idea that, you know, I have no choice in the matter that I must play with whoever wants to, you know, whoever happens to be next. I, you know, I, you have agency just the same way I have agency. In fact, on the, on the board here, if you're watching the video, you maybe it'll see it. I'm going to step back a second. It says you can do it. And the idea of you can do it is it's simply just an agency reminder, right? You can do anything you want. This one, it happens to be tied to the pickleball system and joining and, and advancing like Carol did. But the idea of you can do it applies to who you play with and who you don't play with, which is pretty important. But if you're going to be in that situation, you know, kind of understand the situation you're in. And then, uh, you know, you, you have to make decisions as to how you're going to play that game and, and let that player uh, poach or not poach. But, you know, comments like they're going to target you and things like that. You just have to have WD-40 on. You know, it's your journey. It's your life. It's your pickleball experience. You know, enjoy it uh, to, the, to the best of your ability and avoid others uh, having agency or give, giving others the key to your agency. Right. Giving them power over you. And then the other side of the coin is a tale of caution, right? Because this can happen to us. You know, we go out there to play and 
we see a player who's maybe a little bit unorthodox. And, uh, you know, I can tell you that I've, I've seen players who are unorthodox in how they play. And it's, I, won't, I won't go I, – I, I try not to do the types of things that Carol described this young man doing. But just in my mind, you know, my initial reaction is, oh, that's, you know, wow, I wonder how that works, right? And then you watch them play and you're like, oh, okay. You know, they, they, they get around. They do their thing, right? Um, so, you know, be careful with the idea of judging a book by its cover, right, of, of seeing somebody who maybe is a different age, different gender, uh, different, you know, way of moving around the court, different way of swinging the paddle, um, and allow them to express themselves the way that they want to express themselves on the pickleball court. Because, again, that's one of the beauties of pickleball is, you know, we each come to it a little bit different. Uh, we're all uh, out there trying to enjoy it uh, together as a community. And so, you know, be mindful of that when you're out there playing pickleball. So look at it from the other side as well. All right. And the riff, I'm actually, the first thing I'm going to do is i tell you the story about the phone ringer that just went off. And then I will get into the idea of distractions because, see, I didn't let that distract me, right? That was actually all right on cue. <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, so, you know, avoiding distractions when you're playing pickleball. So stay tuned for the riff. If you or someone you know is looking to get into pickleball, we have the solution for you. We have an entire Getting Started series that is designed for beginners and new players just getting into the game. It includes how to find places to play, the gear you need, and some tips to get you out on the court. I'll link below to the entire Getting Started series. Check it out, and we'll see you out on the courts. All right, let's jump into the riff. So before I jump into it, um, funny story. So when you, if you listen to the podcast, you know that every one of our podcasts starts with a phone ringing, and it's kind of ring, ring, and then I say, you know, welcome to Pickleball Therapy. So that happened when I was recording one of the earlier episodes of the of the uh, ep, of the podcast. Uh, Jill, my wife, called me during the podcast, and the, and the ringer was picked up by the by the recorder, and I thought oh, that's pretty cool. I'm going to use that as my intro. So that's why you hear a uh, phone ringing every time. So. That was Jill calling me. She has an override on my phone uh, where her phone her phone calls ring when she calls me. So in any event, uh, I let her know I was recording and I'll call her back in a minute. Um, so let's talk about distractions because that, that was a distraction, right, in, in, the, in the podcast. I'm in the middle of a podcast. The phone rings. Um, you know, I could become discombobulated by it. I could become, you know, uh, uh, troubled by it and, and lose my train of thought. And maybe a little bit, maybe I had a little bit of a stumble there. You have to go back and listen and be the judge of it. But the, um, the point of it is when you're playing pickleball, there's plenty of distractions, right? There's distractions like the one we talked about during the main, the main part of the episode, the poaching kind of a player or the player who says something that's just not agreeable, you know, not nice, really, uh, right before you start playing and things like that. But the distractions I really want to hone in on are distractions that are uh, much easier to control and much easier to prevent. And they have to do with things like, I want to focus on two areas. One, I want to focus on calls. And two, I want to focus on, uh, actually three areas. Let's focus on calls, let's focus on score, and let's focus on extraneous kind of rules sorts of things. It kind of relates to calls. But let's, let's do calls first. So calls would be like, you know, where you have a doubt about a call that was made, right? Um, you know, you hit the ball, it was called out, you're not happy about it, um, and you know, you're still thinking about it in the next rally, the next rally, the next rally. I'm pretty confident you're not going to do well those next rallies. Um, you know, in fact, if I was a betting man, I would bet against you in those rallies for no other reason than I've, the fact that, you know, if I know that you're, you're, you're still fuming about whatever happened about the call or whatever, it's not going to be good play. It's just not going to be good play. And the other, the other one that relates to that, which is rules, is 
you know, we get questions and, and I want to be, I want to preface this first. I, I, no criticism folks. I'm not trying to criticize anybody here. I'm not trying to call anybody out. Um, pun intended, I guess, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, I, I'm not trying to make you feel bad for being curious. It's fine to be curious as a coach though. Sometimes, you know, we have to point things out in a way that, um, you know, because we want to help you. And if you're distracted, whatever the reason or the distraction, you're simply not going to play your best. So as your coach, I feel compelled to point this out so that you can try and avoid it in the future. And we get questions all the time about very technical rules questions. Things like, for example, uh, you know, calling, how do you call the um, ball, the serve out when it hits the MBZ line? You know, what, what, where does the ball have to land relative to the line and things like that? Again, it's fine to be curious, right? It's okay to wonder, but it's not something I would spend any time thinking about. Because what happens is now you are, you know, you're, you're, you're part of your brain. You, we only have so much, uh, so much RAM, right? So much memory up there that we can use to, for making decisions as we play. And any part of that that is tied up with things like, you know, specifics about, you know, again, like marginal MVZ issues or, you know, if the ball hits the, 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 the post over the thing or whatever, things like that, I would just suggest you put that out of your mind completely, you know, if you're curious about it and it's kind of like one of these things when you get home that you just want to kind of see what's up fine. But generally speaking, I would, I would really recommend putting that out of your mind. And the same thing with scores. I can't tell you how many times I've seen players miss rallies, you know, miss shots during rallies because they're thinking about the score. In fact, very recently I was playing in a game. My partner hit a third shot, you know, 10 feet wide. It was like the total miss hit. And my partner then said to the other team, isn't the score correcting it? Now, when they called out the score, I knew it was wrong, but I'm not going to, A, I'm not going to stop playing. And I'm not going to get into that today, but it, don't stop playing. But B, don't think about it. Worry about it later, you know, because what will happen is your brain's supposed to be thinking about, you know, okay, let me, you know, the ball's moving. Your brain needs to be able to react to what's happening, right? So in this case, it was a third shot. So the brain needs to say, okay, I, I'm reading the ball. The ball is coming towards my right. I better start moving towards my right and maybe forward a little bit based on the trajectory of the ball. The wind is coming across me left to right. You know, I'm going to have to hit a backhand. I need to get my paddle set. I need to, where am I hitting the ball? You know, what type of ball am I hitting? All those types of things. But your brain is occupied with, wait a minute, that's not the right score. And you miss the shot. And so those kind of distractions, they seem like not a big deal. But trust me, when you're playing in the heat of the moment, those distractions will cost you and... They are fairly low-hanging fruit, fairly easy things to deal with. You got to train yourself. When one of those thoughts pops into your head, put it out of your head and focus on the next shot. Think about it between the rally. Again, the calls and stuff like that, please just, you know, let's get let's get past that part of the, of, of the game. But like scores and stuff like that, deal with it between the rallies. All right, so I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the, the podcast. I know it seems like a silly thing to do sometimes, but our detail, but it really helps. The podcast also helps you because, you know, in case you forget about one or happens to me all the time with the podcast I follow. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that when I open up my podcast app, there it is. There's the latest episode. So if you subscribe, you get that. Rating and reviewing it helps us uh, reach other players and helps the podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends because if you enjoyed it, they probably will too. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time.